always important to stay out of third and long. But last year in the AFC title game, you guys were three for 12. Everybody remembers the third and 18 you converted. Um, what do you remember about that game? Their defense made it so difficult on third down, and how important is it to stay out of third and long against this particular defense? That situation is never um, never one that's um, highly converted uh, in our league against any team. Uh, I would say it's even worse against this team, who's one of, if not the best defense in the league. Um, <clears throat> you know, they can rush, uh, they can cover, they're very fast. They don't, you know, they don't give you a lot of big holes and windows uh, in their coverage when they play zone. Uh, they have good uh, cover players when they play man to man, and certainly the clock is ticking, um, you know, on every pass play because their rush is so good. So, um, you know, third and long, uh, it usually results uh, from poor play on first and second down, and. We caught ourselves in too many of those last year against this team. Uh, it's not a an ideal situation against uh, them, um, and you're going to have trouble converting many if you're in them. So, um, you know, our goal is certainly to try to play as well as we can on early downs to try to avoid those. Um, and you know, if you ever do find yourself in those situations, got to be careful, got to be smart uh, because those are uh, those are also high turnover downs too. <clears throat> Thank you, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go David Lazar, uh, followed by Mike Reese. Hey, Josh. I was just wondering uh, how much was the usage of the two running back sets with James White and Rex Burkhead a result of lack of depth at the wide receiver position on Sunday? Um, you know, we, we go into each game plan uh, with, you know, a number of different personnel groupings that we could use based on how we're being played in the game. And um, some of them may or may not get used more or less based on um, the reaction from the defense and, you know, and or the grouping that they put on the field. So, um, you know, we don't, we really don't go into it saying we're, we're really, you know, light here or heavy there. You know, we have uh, a number of different people that can contribute on our offense. We feel good about that. Um, You know, sometimes those groupings can get used more in a certain game and you didn't expect it, you know, Uh, whether that's any, you know, Detroit or, you know, 12 personnel, 22 personnel, you know, 13, 11, 10, you know, you've got a lot of different groupings and much of that is, is determined as the game is going. Um, so we just try to use the guys in, in positions where they can do something that, uh, they're pretty good at. And, uh, we try to do that on Sunday. Just a quick follow up to that. What kind of advantages does it present to the offense and, you know, to attack the defense to have both James and Rex on the field at the same time? Well, that really depends, um, you know, uh, how you, how you're played or defended. Um, you know, and I think that's true of, of, uh, you know, any personnel grouping, uh, you try to, you know, see what they're doing, uh, or how they're playing you and then try to, you know, at some point you try to, uh, play to your strengths, um, you know, and, and, and protect your weaknesses. So, um, you know, it really, like I said, it's not a, you put them on the field and automatically you get these advantages. Um, you can put any personnel grouping on the field. 
and potentially have an advantage if you execute. And you know, our game and, and our performance usually comes down to how well we play, how well we execute, um, you know, and, and how well we protect the ball and um, you know, and stay out there on third down and convert. So <clears throat> next question by Mike Reese, followed by Phil Perry. <clears throat> Josh, how you doing? Good, Mike. How you doing? Good, doing well. Um, one of the highest compliments I think anyone could give a, a pass catcher is that he's open even when he's covered. And um, I had asked, yeah, I'd asked Bill about that, you know, because he had mentioned it with DeAndre Hopkins last week, and then I had asked him today about Gronkowski, sort of being similar along those lines. And one of the things Coach Belichick mentioned is you guys see that a lot in practice. Um, did, can, can you have a, do you have one that comes to mind, you know, off the top of your head, or you know, the idea? That, that stands out to you in that regard with Gronkowski? Um, maybe not one in particular, but I think that that's where those type, I mean, you know, that's a, you can say that's a fundamental um, that you work on in practice, you know, because, you know, not every play is going to be open by four yards, you know, and, and most of the time in our league, there's going to be somebody close to you when you're catching a football and, so we try to work on those fundamentals in, in practice. Uh, that's also an area of ball security, I think, that's really important. You know, a contested catch. Uh, it may not result in a turnover sometimes. It could result in a drop ball or a missed third down conversion. But um, we try to give those guys uh, or simulate as much as we can somebody that's close to them, um, you know, hit their arms as they're catching a the football so that we can build up those fundamentals when we need them in the game. And, you know, I'd say our receivers, our backs, and our tight ends all work at that. And uh, obviously, Rob is, um, you know, has excelled in that in the past and made some really tremendous catches the other day. <clears throat> Next question, Phil Perry, followed by uh, Hey, Josh, just to kind of follow up on Mike's question, um, I'm curious how you look at some of those passes that Rob did catch the other day and just to the layman that seems like it can be sort of a, a high impact collision area on the field and I know it's football and there's there's risk associated with every play but I'm wondering if you view that area of the field at all similarly and if it impacts you know how often you'd like to go there or you might try to go there as an offense well I think a lot of that is dependent on, um, you know, how they're defending the deep field. Um, you know, certainly if there's, you know, players back there in and around that area, um, it makes those throws more difficult to attempt, um, you know, and and there's ways to try to, you know, if you can try to create a little bit of space, you know, then, then that's something that you can attempt to do as well. So um, the other day, you know, we, we found a little bit of space there in the middle, you know, partly because of what they did uh, defensively. And then the other one, it was very highly contested, but the guys were kind of running down the field with him. Um, you know, last year, I believe in the Jacksonville game, the AFC championship game, you know, we actually had one and, um, you know, and uh, I believe it was church made a, a good break on the ball and, and, you know, and hit Rob pretty good. So, um, you know, you got to pick your spots, but I think more importantly, you got to just read it out. And, uh, you know, if you call him a number of times in the game and the quarterback, um, you know, his responsibility is to is to try to get the ball to the right spot and 
uh, certainly if those areas of the field are defended with a lot of bodies, then we'd love to go somewhere else with it. And Tommy does a great job of that. <clears throat> We're going to do two, yep. two final questions. Um, Henry McKenna followed by Megan O'Brien. Hey, Josh. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I was afternoon. wondering. I was wondering about uh, something Tom said uh, last week. I think he just said that it was a this was a tough offense for receivers to work in, um, in part because you know the route can change before the snap. It can change after the snap while a receiver is running the route. So I wondered, you know, as you who helps connect the playbook to the field, you know, what sort of things you can teach receivers and, and how that process works for you. You know, as a teacher of the, of you know that position. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> uh, first of all, we have a great receiver coach uh, in terms of Chad O'Shea. I mean, he does a tremendous job, uh, as good as any I've been around. And um, you know, he he prepares those guys well every week. Um, he prepares them starting in the off season uh, to to relearn and and reacclimate to our foundation. Uh, the things that are important, um, you know, and, and look, we, we have, there's parts of every system and every offense that are more complex than others. And there's parts that are simple. And I think that depending on what we're talking about, um, and what, you know, which, which four people, which five people, which two people, which person, you know, if you're talking about somebody who's played in the system for 10 years, that's different than somebody who's, um, who's kind of just getting started in it. And we're sensitive to that. Um, and like I said, Chad does a tremendous job in, uh, in evaluating, you know, where those guys are at and what they can or can't do and what, what they should and shouldn't do. And, um, and hopefully we're trying to make great decisions as a staff and put people in places where they can go out there and do something that they do well. So that's our goal um, in, in, in our profession it's very rare for everybody to be at the same point in terms of you know their their development in our system and their aptitude in terms of what they know um, I mean Tom's a great example of that he's been in the system for so many years and then you got you know Brian Hoyer who's been in it for a number of years not as many as Tom and then you got Danny Etling who's just getting started in it so you know there's varying degrees of that I would say across the board on offense and defense and the kicking game and, you know, what we're tasked with each week is to try to get the group that's going to play out there um, to do the things that they can do and not try to overdo it if they're not ready to do it yet. Got it. Uh, if I could ask one, one more question, maybe it's a simplistic one, so forgive me. But I noticed that um, during the game, James White would start in the backfield and then he would motion out and Rex would motion back into the backfield and vice versa. I wonder what that sort of, pre-snap motion, um, particularly moving around the running backs, provided, whether it was information or matchups or, or what? Um, I have to go to Gillette. Just uh, 4.30, probably just be there for about 30 minutes just to shoot some stuff. Um, it, you know, every time you um, – there's, there's, there's a lot of pre-snap movement in general terms, and I would just say that, you know, any pre-snap movement, um, you know, sometimes it – it can help you sometimes. It just forces communication a little later and all that. So, um, you know, I think sometimes there's more made of things like that than, than really um, the, the, that the group is getting out of it. Um, 
you know, sometimes it's it's just used to splash the water. So um, there were plenty of times in the game where we didn't do anything like that, and then there's a few that we did. So uh, Houston handled it very well, um, and and you know we you know we we got something out of it, I guess, and and uh, you know it's it's not something that you'll probably see us do every week. Got it. Thanks, Josh. Uh-huh. Going a little long here, Megan O'Brien, you'll have the last question. Thanks so much. Hi, Josh. Um, I know Bill spoke about it yesterday, and we heard Gronk speak about it and James White speak about it, but James Devlin and his four catches, what's it like working with a guy like Devlin, who is primarily known for his work in the blocking game, but that he can be a viable option when called upon and, and reliable? Yeah. Uh, James is, I mean, he's very dependable in his role. Uh, he's a, he's an incredible teammate. Uh, he's one of the hardest workers we have, you know, every single year. Um, extremely unselfish. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he came through for us in those situations. And, um, you know, whatever we ask James to do, he's more than ready and willing to do it. He works really hard to know his role in the game plan each week, whether that's on offense or in the kicking game. Um, and you know he's a he's a guy that you really enjoy seeing when you walk into the meeting room every day because he know, you know he's prepared, you know he's ready for uh, the challenge ahead, and uh, I'm sure he's excited to get ready uh, to compete against Jacksonville on Sunday. Thank you, Josh. You got it. Thanks, guys.